As the world heads into uncharted territory, business leaders are seeking new perspective. The What Now, What Next podcast series features KPMG advisors addressing the issues that are of most concern now and in the near future. Everyone right now is working from home, from our CEO here at KPMG, even to late night comedians. And I know that this time has had its challenges to remote networking, and we are seeing that firsthand in our call quality. So thank you for being willing to jump on with me and give this a shot. I'd like to introduce our crisis management rapid response team. This team helps organizations manage the disruption of COVID-19 on the connected functions of their businesses. Team, as we begin, would you introduce yourselves to our listeners? Yes, my name is Clay Gilgey. I'm the U.S. leader of our major projects advisory practice, and we help our clients manage the costs, risk, and overall performance of their capital projects and portfolios. I am Farah Ramtula, and I'm a managing director and part of the leadership team managing our USA ServiceNow practice, and I help our clients digitize and transform business process workflows, leveraging the ServiceNow platform. And hi, I'm Kelly Fontenot. I'm the service line leader for Transformation Delivery, and we really focus on transforming the way our clients do business, whether it's through people, process, service delivery, or technology, really getting our clients to change the way they look at the business and deliver their business. Thank you. As we kick off our conversation, Kelly, perhaps we can start with you. Leaders of organizations have insurmountable challenges to navigate in the wake of COVID-19. Your team is on the front lines dealing with our clients tactically. Can you share what you're seeing in the market? What are the most pressing needs unfolding on the ground right now? So every client has a need for a rapid response team, or what we're going to call crisis management at this point. Part of that team, the team needs to have the capabilities around four or five areas. Number one, you've got to have project management and governance. Companies need to set the direction that they're going, and they need to be consistent in the leadership approach to the situation. They need to implement a command center with response management, which gives timely responses to questions and has the consistent voice of the company. We need to have activity planning and project management, right? How do we do the work differently? How are we going to prioritize our initiatives? What needs to happen? They're going to have to have communication and stakeholder management. Communications are imperative to companies and their employees at this time. And consistent communications across policies, across changes in the way people do work, across technology implementations, et cetera, are going to be very important. And then to check the progress and any issues and risks that are coming to that company, whether that be with the engagement with their customers, perhaps the retail stores are closing, perhaps they can't get items in the supply chain that they need to produce the final good, but there's got to be a list of issues and risks that we're tracking. And then companies need the ability through technology to drive analytics to support and measure the risk mitigation. So many of our clients are looking for how are we going to track trends, how are we going to evaluate progress, et cetera, and all that can only be done through the use of technology. As a follow-up, can you speak to how crisis responses require coordination, agility, and anticipation, but perhaps most of all, how they require empathy? I think that the lens on empathy has likely been one of the biggest changes for many of our clients. Whereas in the past, they've driven to objectives, measurable targets, defining the work. They've had to become much more agile in their approach to their employee base to the hours that their employees work, 
to the expectations perhaps of throughput, to the level of engagement with their employees, and they've had to put on a true lens of what does it feel like to be one of those people. We have clients that have been through very turbulent times. You're inundated with information, whether it's through the media, whether it's through email, whether it's through conversations or lack of conversations perhaps. And so companies have had to put a true lens on the empathy towards their employees over this time. Clay, in addition to what Kelly just shared, we've heard from other teams about how the situations they're addressing tend to be incredibly fluid. How are you seeing people respond during this time? What are clients focusing on today that they may not have been a week ago? Yeah, a lot of our clients in some of the same situations that we are in personally, they're in reaction mode in terms of we have some utility clients that are literally just trying to keep the lights on. And we've been seeing this for the past several weeks. So basically, some of our clients that are in this immediate mode are either setting up incident response teams or different types of triage teams. And as you can imagine, they're just trying to wrap their minds around this. First thing is they're developing different types of communication plans and protocols. And since our team works on major projects, advisory, very large construction projects, a lot of that is coming up with the protocols. Not only how do they communicate with their own teams, some of these are large global clients with portfolios globally, but it's also what are the protocols to deal with the ever fluid and changing dynamics between their contractors and their subs. And this is widely varying from country to country, so a lot of times this also means setting up incident response teams, even in a regional basis. And then we've also learned, too, that a lot of our clients are trying to make sure, you know, not only, A, focus on their employee safety and the contractors and subcontractor safety, but then secondarily, how do they keep these projects moving? And one of the things for them is they're realizing is dividing up some of their on-site teams into pods so that there is certain cases of infection. It doesn't cascade through the entire field and staff and craft labor forces. From their standpoint, a lot of our clients are just really getting up to speed and figuring out how do they keep their people safe? How do they set up communication protocols that deal with the very and changing dynamics on these various capital projects? And then B, how do they put the actual project in a place that it has the best chance of moving forward? And what we're also going to see now is we're going to start seeing a lot of our clients shift from this reactionary mode to more of a going into the assessment and prioritization mode, coming up with 30, 60, 90-day plans with varying scenarios. And we haven't seen a lot of our clients do that yet, but we expect over the coming weeks for them to shift now that they get these incident commands and triage teams up and running, start thinking about, okay, well, what are the next steps? How do we come out of this? And how do we start planning outside of just the immediate daily, weekly right now? I think that if you look at crisis management, this pandemic will alter the way clients plan for situations like this in the future. So we are learning. Our clients are learning. We are transitioning every day to a different way of delivery, to a different way of engagement. And I think that our clients are struggling with the same thing. And we're all going to come out of this together. It is rapid response. It is changing as situations change. And we all have to learn to be very flexible in how we're going to do our work. Let's discuss some of the outcomes you're seeing. Farah, I know you've shared about how technology and automation are being leveraged to accelerate rapid responses to COVID-19. Can you unpack that a bit for us? Sure. With adversity comes opportunity. And 
a lot of organizations are now leveraging this opportunity to truly be innovative. We've seen technology vendors step up in creative and innovative ways to collaborating with our customers, offering free applications to help manage the crisis response, and ServiceNow is certainly one of them that have done so. And as a part of this, what we've seen is these organizations are collaborating beyond the walls of their individual business unit. For example, within IT organizations, platforms that are traditionally used to support IT and their workflows are now being leveraged into other areas of the business, such as HR and facilities. If you think about the new way of working and what people will have to deal with when they go back into the office, they're going to need a way to be able to track how they're cleaning their facilities. Maybe there's supply requests for things like hand sanitizer or wipes. We have HR types of workflows that involve things like extended PTO, or if they are diagnosed with COVID, how they can request extended sick leave. We also see the expansion of people leveraging more social channels within these applications so that they can create another means with which employees can collaborate, exchange information, and foster more of a community knowledge management capability so that they can be more connected with each other. Clay, how can companies best identify, respond to, and mitigate risks to major projects during this time? So you can imagine that a lot of our clients have had difficulty assessing the impact of risk to their projects, especially those with very complex and diverse construction supply chains. And a lot of this comes down to that they don't have the tools or skill sets to model or forecast their projects in the middle of a black swan type event. And that's because a lot of the tool sets and what they're utilizing typically is built around static models. What we're seeing is those clients that have been able to leverage what I would consider some of the more advanced tools and techniques, such as like quantitative risk assessment modeling, and those are the types of tools that we're using that allow clients to go through and input a lot of different types of assumptions around cost and around schedule that can take into account some of the very specific risks that they have, everything from field labor risks to material risks to equipment risks, because some of these supply chains, they may be getting compressors out of Italy, they may be getting turbines out of Germany, they may be getting a bunch of bulk and raw material out of China, and what they need to be able to do to go through and actually assess their project on an individual basis is leverage some of these tools and perform some of this more complex modeling so they can run different scenarios that have different varying assumptions on when they're going to come out of this and what impacts they're going to see by country. And only until they're actually at that point can they start aggregating this together and looking at the overall impacts to their portfolios from a cost and schedule standpoint so they can start coming up with mitigation plans and start prioritizing which projects they're going to focus their limited resources on. Those are what we're seeing in the next phases and how some of our clients are going to be able to come out of this and what's going to dictate those clients that are going to be successful in getting through this. Thank you for sharing the outcomes you're seeing from different perspectives. For our listeners, what are the things that you want them to consider? If they don't hear anything else, what would you want them to walk away knowing? Once we emerge from this crisis, and I have confidence that we will, I think the key is to consider focus on how we can better prepare for a world that inevitably is going to look different from the world that we live in today. From that perspective, it could be the way that we do work, whether it's remotely, on-site, or in a hybrid model the way that we foster culture 
the way that we team and collaborate and communicate with each other. And then most importantly, I think the way that we actually take care of our people. So much of this response, I think, has brought a new light or a new focus in a positive way on how we can rally around together, how we can really be more empathetic towards people and their work-life situations. I think even internally we've seen what an associate might be facing in this time could be very different from what someone who's at a more senior level is facing in terms of their life experiences and challenges. And I think that is definitely going to be something that's forever changed, and we should be proactive about managing and thinking through. From my perspective, one of the number one things I think individuals can really take away from this when they're looking at their major capital projects is just how important it is to try to get as much accurate information as possible. And then number two is making sure that you really do rely on your own teams. If you're an owner, rely on your own information to go through and make decisions. Obviously, you want to be respectful and you want to be empathetic to your suppliers and to your contractors. You have to get into the details and you have to figure out on a project-by-project basis the various dynamics with your contractors, with your supply chains, and make sure you're able to make informed decisions prior to just making what I would consider just blanket decisions across your entire portfolio. And I think from my perspective, one of the biggest lessons learned is that companies cannot move fast enough. As you put together a rapid response, I mean, there's a reason the rapid's in the definition, right? But it has to be rapid response. People want information. We have many people that are nervous about their current situation. We have people that have never been really challenged with making their own decisions. And so how do I do my work? Where do I do my work? How am I going to be evaluated? What does success look like? And people have questions. And so all organizations need to prepare themselves for the ability to answer those questions in a very quick manner at a time like this. As I think through the rapid response, how do we come out of this? I think that we are going to be innovative in our operating model. So we're changing culture. We're changing the way we do the work. We're changing the way we engage with suppliers and our clients and our customers and management structures. And so on the tail of this, I think that we're going to look back at rapid response and say, what did we learn about ourselves? What did we learn about the way we engage? And then how are we going to transition our business to be different in the future? How do we innovate the entire model to allow for success for our employees, our customers, our suppliers, and everybody that we engage with? Dealing with it up front and learning quickly through this rapid response period is going to be instrumental in long-term success. Team, thank you for being here today. I appreciate the insights you've shared about how to prepare for a world that, as Farah so aptly said, will look vastly different than it did before all of this began. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us. We'll look forward to bringing you other insights from our KPMG advisors in the next edition of What Now? What Next? In the meantime, you can check out the other podcasts in our series at visit.kpmg.us slash COVID-19.